A-N-T to the P. Audition cast. Yup. 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 A-N-T-P audition. I'm full of ambition. Podcast precision from the podcasting griffin. Hello, dear listener. And by dear listener, I mean probably either Brian or Hammond. My apologies if your name is neither Brian nor Hammond. Henceforth, I shall call you dear listener. Because, well, that's one of my favorite things about podcasting. The intimacy. Is, 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 is that the right word? Because it, it sure sounds wrong. But I've been listening to podcasts since, since nearly their invention. You know, when, when, when Joe Rogan invented podcasting? Just kidding. No, I believe the first podcast I listened to was called The Totally Rad Show. Three white dudes discussing nerd culture. You know, like every other podcast that's ever existed. Those podcasts, they, they also came in video form, but I'd get the audio-only feed and download it to my, my trusty old SanDisk Sansa MP3 player at the time. And, and, and boy howdy, just listen to them on my long commute. But you know, listening to these guys, I, I, I began to feel like I knew them. Kind of felt like I was carpooling. Only they, they'd never judge me on the state of my car or critique my driving. And since then, I, I've moved on to, to many podcasts. And I always feel, unlike any other medium, other than maybe a voicemail, that the host is speaking directly to me as I listen alone, either in the, the car or or through earbuds. I believe I get to know podcast hosts really well. Unlike a, uh, an Instagram filter, which smooths out eye wrinkles, blemishes, is carefully framed to hide the mess off camera. Podcasts are often raw, unrehearsed, off the cuff, minimally edited, punk rock. And in that rawness, the true host comes through. Through the RSS feed, over Cat5 into micro USB cord into that SanDisk Sansa audio player, through the audio jack, and into my inner ear canal. Intimacy. As wrong as it sounds, it's the only word I can find that fits. So after finally working up the courage to create my own podcast, I've always imagined my audience to be a single, attentive listener who, who really gets it. I try to make the podcast directly for this hypothetical dear listener, as I call them. And, and I act as though they're the only one. They may be, for all I know. I, I, I don't really trust analytics. And in a way, talking to you, dear listener, I, I believe 
gives me the ability to be more authentic. You get it, dear listener. You hear what it is I'm trying to do here. You're feeling it, catching my vibe. And because of that, I'm, I'm able to stay out of my own head to illustrate that dear listener vibe I'm talking about. I want to tell you a story. It'll hopefully illustrate what I mean by that dear listener vibe. A whole dear listener philosophy, if you will. Which is my guiding light and my approach to creative endeavors in general. But first, maybe you want to hear something more traditional. A multi-host podcast that recaps Star Trek Discovery, perhaps? Bunch of nerds talking about nerd stuff. Doesn't really get more traditional than that. Though I thought it would be fun to make up an email and mess with my buddy JD. And I can always count on his wife Leah to play along. This could be some of the hijinks you could expect where, where I compete on ANTP. Note to self, add a uh, proper transition noise. Leah, do you have anything that we missed? No. <laughs> How about you, Ken? Um, did, did you want to read the email? What email? We got an email to our to our email address. What's oh, okay. what's the email address? Uh, podcast at geekfusion.ca. Yeah, you guys didn't see that one. No, I guess I missed it. Went into the the spam thing, I guess. Mm-hmm. Okay, well I'll re- I'll read it here. I just printed it out. Okay, it says hello. My name is Trevor Slam Slam Stranian. I tuned into this podcast thinking it would be about that show, Discovering Bigfoot, which is my favorite show. Turns out the podcast is about Star Trek or something, which is cool, I guess. I mean, the hosts are cool. Well, Leah's cool, and there's some guy, Ken, who I could take either way. Honestly, I forgot he's on the podcast most of the time, but what's the deal with that JD guy? Does he even hear himself? Yeah, we get it, JD. You have a lot of shirts. I guess he's referring... Like, you you mentioned up your shirts on the last episode. Like kind of bragging that you, you had a lot of shirts or something. I don't something. really remember that, but... Uh, yeah, I must anyway, have been bragging a bunch. I don't know. Uh, I'll read on. Okay. Uh, too bad all the shirts in the world doesn't make up for that personality. Good thing I'm all the way in Cleveland and you're up in Canada, wherever the heck people like you belong. Now that was just kind of like lumping us all. Yeah, that's really kind of an aggressive slur, Uh, I guess. But He says, um, anyway, what do you guys think about Bigfoot or other incarnations of the American woodland skunk ape? Do you think they could make one of your Star Trek shows about him sometime? So what do you guys think about Trevor's email there? Um, I mean, anything's possible. We, we saw a whole arc about the mighty tardigrade this season. So I think that the um, some incarnation of Skunk Ape, was it? Has already been covered um, in another tra- another star type series of sci-fi, and that's Star Wars. Mm. So 
it would feel like you're ripping off Star Wars if you were to, you know, mm. put all of a sudden have some sort of Bigfoot-esque character. Yeah, so they might want to go there, but they just don't want to feel like they're stepping on Star Wars' toes. Maybe that's what, um, where the character Worf was developed from originally, because of the sash that both Chewbacca and he share. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, I hope that answers your question, Trevor. I I think there is, there isn't a Bigfoot, but there is a, a Bigfoot sash in uh, TNG, so... Well, so, yeah. I mean, that, that's nice that we uh, got some feedback. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we can use without the kind of uh, xenophobic slurs. Um, but he is mm-hmm. right that you do brag about your shirts a lot. Yeah, I mean, that part I can't argue. I, I'm kind of glad with. that he broached the subject because it was almost getting to intervention time. We were going to set you down. and But he did the letter writing for us. Yeah, I Something guess. Something we can... We can work on, I guess. Yeah, I'll have bringing to bringing better shirts. Yeah, I'll have to kind of uh, take some personal inventory and some shirt inventory, I think, too, and just kind of really see where I'm at. How do you feel about your shirts? I think this is that's a whole other podcast. Oh, yeah. Good uh, though. Yeah, I think I feel good about them. I did feel good about them. <sighs> I think you're just doubling down here. I. <laughs> uh, Hope we don't get another email from Trevor, but uh, you can email us at, what is it, Geek? Podcast at geekfusion.ca. Podcast at geekfusion.ca. Mm-hmm. Um, we look forward to hearing you from you, Trevor, or anyone else listening. Uh, even um, in Cleveland. What is that supposed to mean? Mm, nothing, you know, just... Someone's got beef, I think. Uh, Yeah, maybe, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Now, to set up, I have a good job. I'm a computer programmer. A good company, great co-workers. That said, it's not one of those cool programming jobs. I'm not making video games or self-driving AI systems for cars. To explain exactly what I do, I'd need to use phrases like expense analysis and post audit or data parsing. Phrases which cause your eyes to glaze over and if left untreated, you'd lapse into a coma. Then someone would see your comatose body lying there with earbuds in and wonder what you're listening to before you know it well. We've got a pile of bodies. Then my podcast gets weaponized and well, you know how it goes. This is to say I'm desperate for a coping mechanism, so I too can avoid lapsing into a coma. So before COVID closed the planet, I do comedy at open mics. Not sure why, that's my go-to coping mechanism. Maybe the terror makes me feel alive or something. Dunno. I guess that's for the therapist to figure out. Us open micers, don't want to say comedians, that sounds too respectable for the sick, habitual depravity that is open micery. The user group where we congregate announces monthly open mics are starting up at What Up Dog, a small hot dog restaurant. More of a glorified hot dog stand, really, but indoors, furnished with picnic tables. 
in a, a Galaga machine. It's in a city that's almost two hours away, so, so it would make the most sense to go straight from work, kill some time. And I still have some old college buddies that live there. Maybe they could come watch my set and we could do something after. Worst case scenario, I'd eat some hot dogs and play Galaga, I guess. I'm not much of a planner, so for me this is pretty elaborate. I show up early and the dining area is pretty empty. Just two guys. There's a guy setting up sound equipment. Turns out he was also the MC of the night and had a set to perform too. The other guy was big and, I'm just going to say it, a little intimidating to a pasty, doughy programmer like myself. He'd have been a good casting choice as an extra in, in Braveheart. Big, red, bushy beard, all tatted up. I never know what you, what do you call those ear stretcher outers they have? You know what I'm talking about? I just looked up the Braveheart characters and he, he kind of looks like Braveheart's friend here, Hamish. So that's what I'm going to call him from here on. Though it's early evening, I'm pretty sure Hamish is drunk. He'd get clearly more inebriated as the night progresses, but he also just seems like a guy who'd go around with a permanent drunk-like swagger. You know, this is about when my old college buddies show up. I don't see them very often, and I'm bad at Facebook. So they've grown up from the goofballs they were in college. They're in the dingy hot dog stand in the rough part of town. They look out of place, like when Pee Wee Herman walks into that biker bar, or the whiny nephew of a moisture farmer walks into Mos Eisley's spaceport, that hive of scum and villainy. Hamish, he sees it too, and tells us we look like dentists. This is true. Heckled before the night even began. So the rest of the audience starts filling in. More open micers. More of Hamish's Braveheart extras. And my dentist-looking former college buddies. You may recall, dear listener, that this story was to illustrate my idyllic dear listener vibeness, and my audience is hardly ideal. At an open mic, you don't get to choose your audience. Technically, you don't in a podcast either, but, but the human imagination is a powerful thing. Let's look at the audience we have so far. We've got intimidation in the form of drunken Hamish and his friends. Fear is the mind killer. And intimidation will sabotage you before you start. You've got the other open micers. They represent a judgmental cynicism. Wannabe comedians aren't exactly known for being generous with their laughter. They're more likely to want to size me up, compare my set with theirs. In fact, hoping I'll be less funny than them, rooting for me to fail. The old dentist-looking college buddies, they represent familiar expectations. They're shadows of the past past failures you're struggling to overcome, and even past successes that you want to move beyond. You know, if you've never indulged in debaucherous act of open micery, you might think it's a good idea to stack the deck with loyal friends, family, or God forbid co-workers. Let me tell you, this is a mistake. It actually increases the pressure because, well, bombing in front of somebody has a way of changing a relationship. But as I said, you can't choose your audience at an open mic this was the audience I had, so so how'd it go? Well, for illustrative purposes, I wish I could tell you it went horribly, but it was fine. Could have been better, but fine. I was surviving. Nobody was throwing anything at me, but is this what I want? To drive almost two hours? Wait around at an indoor hot dog stand just to deliver five minutes of fine? About halfway through my set, a lady emerges from the kitchen. She's smiling. I presume she could hear the first part of my set from back there 
In my memory, she even giggled at the intended punchlines. Her energy quickly becomes my North Star. I'm able to filter everything out and dedicate the remainder of the set to her. She gets it. I nail the call back and finish my set, thankful to have survived. The lady went back to the kitchen and we never saw each other again. Not that I'd be able to pick her out of a lineup, so who knows? Now I know almost nothing about this lady. She could have been laughing at how the awkward dentist-looking guy was delivering his set about dishwashers to barbarians in an indoor hot dog stand, for all I know. It doesn't matter. That energy, that vibe, I perceived. That's what I think of when I imagine you, dear listener. Not necessarily a woman in a hairnet who works in a hot dog restaurant, but hot dog woman hairnet energy, if that makes sense. That's your vibe. It sustains me, and I thank you for it, dear listener. Here's a sketch I made to toy with your emotions. I hope you dig it. Welcome to the Pet Pass Party Line. Please listen carefully before selecting one of the following options. To record a pet memorial say, my pet died and I've already told anyone who'll listen so, I'm just going to pour out my grief into this glorified answering machine. I I don't know if I'll remember all that, but... Please listen carefully before selecting one of the following options. So, oh, sorry. Please listen carefully before selecting one of the following options. Okay. Please listen carefully before selecting one of the following options. To listen to a random deceased pet memorial say, my only comfort is knowing that others are experiencing similar pain to my own. To hear a personalized song dedicated to your beloved pet say, song. Those are all the options. Thank you for listening. Please select an option now. Um, that last one, the, 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 the third one there? The one with the song? I heard song. Is that correct? Yeah, yes, please. To generate the song, we need the name of your former pet. What was your pet's name? Captain Snuffles. Thank you. Your song will begin shortly. What, I'm, what, what is this? It, it is bloops and blops? I looked up this morning and... Captain Snuffles. ...was gone. Turned on some music to start my day. And lost myself in a familiar is this, song. Is this Boston? I closed my eyes and I slipped away. It, do- it doesn't even make sense. It's more than a feeling when I hear those songs they used to play. Hello? Captain Snuffles. Walk away. I see my. 
Captain Snuffles. Uh, I'm done, please. Can, can I stop this? Music stop. To resume music, say resume. Uh, I don't think so. Thank you. To record a pet memorial, say, my pet died and I've already told anyone who'll listen, so I'm just going to pour out my grief into this glorified answering machine. Yes, that that's the one. Please listen carefully before selecting one of the following options. No, I, I know, but I've already heard the options. Wait, wait. Are, are you a person? If you're a real person, say, say Studebaker. Please listen carefully as this automated phone tree delivers the following options. <coughs> Studebaker. Wait, what, what? To once again hear your beloved pet from beyond the grave shout your deepest regret into the phone. What? I, I'm, I'm sorry, this is all just coming at me too fast. To once again hear your beloved pet from beyond the grave shout your deepest regret into the phone. Are, are you serious here? Like one of those pet psychics? No, no fooling around. To once again hear your beloved pet from beyond the grave shout your deepest regret into the phone. I, I know, I, I, j just wait. I wish I, I had gone out on that date. W with the furnace guy. He seemed nice. Lonely. Said his wife passed away 12 years ago. And Captain Snuggles didn't like him. He was always so jealous. Phew. I don't know where that came from. Is that good enough, Mrs. Automatic Phone Tree or, or whatever? Hold, please. Oh, for the love. Captain Snuffles. Yes. Mummy's here. Who's <laughs> a good boy? <laughs> Sounds happy. Younger than he sounded in years. Who's a happy puppy? <laughs> to set Captain Snuffles free, say goodbye, Captain Snuffles. Goodbye, Captain Snuffles. I'm gonna miss you so much. Goodbye. <laughs>
How do you feel? I I I feel hope. I mean, the sadness, the the emptiness inside is still there, just as much as it ever was. But but for the first time in weeks, I I feel like there might be down the road. I mean, a life. Beyond, maybe beyond Captain Snuffles. Hold, please. Oh, for the love. Strickland Furnace Repair. Doug Strickland speaking. Hi, hi, Doug. Is that you, Bernice? I, I'm sorry, Doug. I, I didn't actually mean to call you. I I was just on this crazy phone thing, and I... Oh, I was hoping maybe you were calling to reconsider that date. Well, I, I mean, since I got you on the line here, and you you seem to be quite insistent, I, I guess maybe we could... We could get some coffee sometime. I... Well... I'd like that very much, Bernice. Well, okay. I, I should probably just fade out.